This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Happy, kind of rainy Tuesday, everybody. We are back live on a Tuesday. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin. Zach, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? Ah. I'm excited for football season. Yeah, I wish uh, <laughs> I wish it was football season. No, I mean, I wish it was March right about now. I, this is the time of year where I could just pass over absolutely everything that happens. Like from the point of the end of recruiting and the end of the transfer portal till spring ball starts and March Madness begins, I could skip over the next two months. I'm not wishing away life. I don't, I don't uh, subscribe to that, but... I'd be okay with it right now. Work-wise, you want to get back into the pageantry of a college football season, especially with all the context we have now around the program. You want to get back into the day-to-day of what did they look like at spring practice. I need to see it. And things of that nature. I need to see it. We, we are going to talk about it so much over the next two months, but I need, and we, we've talked about it for the last month. I need to see it. I want to see it. And it's not like it's going to be like what we're going to see in the fall. We know what spring ball is. We're getting excited for absolutely nothing, but still, I need to see it. I want to see it. Uh, boy, do I have an angle today. You mentioned we're going to talk about it forever, pretty much. Well, yeah, a lot of unknown. Yes. It must be stated, though, quick, before we start, the portal window is now closed. Mm-hmm. Players cannot enter until the end of tomorrow? spring ball. I thought it was, was it the 18th? Is today the 18th? I thought it was like three days ago. Okay. No, no, it's it's 45 days from the four, from the 5th of oh. December. Well, uh, then by the time you're listening to this, if you're <laughs> listening in podcast, then the portal window will have closed. Maybe. Uh, possibly, from what I've heard. Either way. But that means players can still enter. There's a window after spring ball again. But all of days. the movement we have seen, players can still choose schools that are in the portal, but there will not be more outward movement until the end of spring ball. So that's I, all that will be brushed aside. I'm kind of excited for that. We get back to maybe a traditional college football schedule. Have 45 f- days until January 18th. Okay. So until Jan- I would assume that means it includes January 18th. Sure. All right. So we've got one more day. I, but here's the thing. I know what your point is, and I'll shut the hell up. Um, I, I want to start here, though, Zach. I, I, I want to get into it. So there are so many ways to talk about this team now and – We'll get into some too deep stuff. We'll get into thoughts at where the roster stands, kind of assessing the roster after a lot of the craziness of portal commitments have happened. Another commitment did happen since we have last spoken. That is Bryson Green, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. We'll give thoughts on him, but it kind of weaves into everything. Uh, where I wanted to start with the program as a whole is we are two-ish months away from spring ball, give or take. And as we approach that time, what are we looking for? Like, w- aside from all the new stuff and, and how all of the changes look, when we talk about personnel-wise on the field with this program, what are we looking for? And, and as the portal is continuing to be addressed, how does this roster look? I think we would both agree, long-term, if we were to fast-forward to next November or early December, making a college football playoff probably is the ceiling for this team, just generally speaking. Careful now. I, generally speaking. Careful now. You don't want to well, upset anybody here. Um, yes, of course. Not uh, to get into the ins and outs of how long, they, how far they can go, but in general, 
probably making a playoff is is a ceiling. To me, that's been the ceiling for the last what since the playoff existed. Yeah, I, I, there, there's a few years where it's like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But there have been years when they've been right there. So yeah, I think the ceiling. Yeah, sure, the ceiling, uh, right there. So the question is, and not in a game by game sense. Not in a, oh, they have to be lucky and healthy, and if they beat Ohio State and this and that. In terms of a Wisconsin roster and performance-wise, and I think this will start to inform how we approach spring ball and what parts of the team we're focusing on. The question is, if Wisconsin makes the 2023 college football playoff, it will be because of blank. (laughs) What do you think? Well, that's your answer. I'd like to react to your answer because you've thought about this extensively. Uh, you got you put the question out on Twitter. It got some reaction, some of it not so positive. But what do you what what uh, what do you think? Yeah, the reaction. I, some called it hot take garbage, and the the whole point of it was not to say they're going to or not going to because of one thing, because so much plays in. But it's I I'm trying to approach the rest of the season with interested eyes, and to me, I mentioned it Thursday. It has to do with the defense. I think if under Mike Tressel in his first year and under the new scheme we see and with a lot of the a lot of the bones of last year's team, right, they they return a lot of guys. They just lose their two most productive. So replacing their production is the biggest question, but also with a new coordinator and maybe a new overall identity without Jim Leonard. Can the defense return to a top 10 to 15 level? Because when I look at the team and I think offense will draw the most interest because of obvious reasons in the quarterback position, I think maybe the most important facet or the the biggest question I might have is can the defense return to what we saw when Wisconsin has last been really good? And that's 2019, 2017, and 2016. Because in all those years, and more so 17 than any of those, and then also 21, but the offense clearly held it back. The defense was somewhat of a driving force, right? Uh, They were probably number two in the country in 2021. They were good last year, but not close to great 2020 and 19 uh, were weird. 2020, the offense stunk, but the defense wasn't that bad. It just was screwed by the offense. 2019, the defense was solid, but the offense was really good. So they kind of didn't have to all the time carry all the load. Uh, And then you go back to 17. That's a top five unit 2016, maybe even top 10 ish. I think if the defense can come back to that level, that's when we see something like a playoff berth happen or a big run because I don't think you can win still, even with a new offense that should be much improved and very exciting. I still don't think you can win the West. Number one, without a run game, shout out to Devin Maccabee at Purdue for fixing that. But also I, I don't think you can win the West with a bad defense. I still don't. Was Purdue's defense good this year? They were fine. Okay. So, but not bad, not Nebraska bad. Because I think about some good Nebraska teams, but what could you always do against them? Let's say you were an okay Iowa team. I'm running running the ball down their throat. Exactly. And you're holding the football and you're keeping the offense off the field. If you're unable to stop an attack like that, which big 10 West teams for the most part have give or take a couple, then like, I don't think you go and run the table and, and accomplish something very special. I know you're an analytics guy, right? So Generally like where, speaking, where, where was yes. the defense ranked analytically? Because statistically, they were ranked 11th in the country. 
Last year they in, were in total defense. T- top 20 in the country. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. They're 11th in total defense. I mean, they analytically, not- they oh, were okay. top right. 20-ish. Gotcha. Maybe so you, top 15. In 2022. Correct. That's not good enough? Because your, your thing was top get back to being a top 10, top 15 defense, and that's kind of where they were. Yeah. But I agree. The, the biggest thing is how do they replace their t- the two biggest playmakers on the defense? And, and how does it look, right? Because we don't know exactly how it's going to look. But trying to replace Nick Kerbing and trying to replace Keanu Benton, it's not going to be an easy thing. I, I do think they have some pieces, but it's not going to be an easy thing. To me, if they're going to make it, it's going to be about quarterback play. Quarterback changes you. Quarterback changes your outlook on everything. TCU without the quarterback, who are they? They have some talent, right? They have some, like, obviously, they're probably the number one receiver uh, in the draft, and and Kadri Miller's probably a top 10 running back. But without the quarterback play, without what they got from him, where are they? Not in the, They're not in the college football playoff. Caleb, they don't go and pull off the, the miraculous what, wins that they right. pulled off. Like, need, he was the reason they won a lot of those games. You need the quarterback. Um was Kate? Well, excuse me. Was uh, was Caleb uh, Caleb Williams the only reason uh, USC was in the fight for college football playoff berth? Absolutely. Now yep. he's he's a special talent. He's he's different. But like the quarterback changes you. So t- can Tanner Mordecai or insert whoever you think the starting quarterback is going to be? Tanner Mordecai. I, I many people have had caveats. I am fine on this side of this show saying Tanner Mordecai. The week one starting quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. Okay. If he. Right. I mean, if he is the guy, right? So if he's the guy, which I think we all think he will be, what he's done the last two years, very, very impressive. Can he be the difference? Can he be the guy that that turns Wisconsin's offense from what we think could be good to special? You brought up on Twitter today the last time they had a transfer quarterback that made them special. Oh, I have the coward clip. I'm going to play it later. And that was, you know, obviously that was Russell Wilson. He made him. He he made them special. What they did in 2011 was special, but the talent on that 2011 offense was pretty immense. If you think about it, James White, Monte Ball, Melvin Gordon, Jared Aberdares, Nick Toon. The offensive line was stacked. Like it was, it was loaded. I'm wondering, can Tanner Mordecai, with weapons that, while we think are solid, we don't know necessarily know if they're NFL talent. Uh, that that type of talent. Um, can he? Uh, replicate what he did the last two years because you think about some of the guys we've I, I know you're you're a big college football guy so you know all the names but I'll let people know some of the names that that he had these last two years the big one obviously is Rishi Rice who's likely going to be a top what probably going the first two rounds of the draft had 95 catches this year which is absolutely fantastic last year he had um, Danny Gray who ended up being a third round pick of the 49ers and he had uh, what Grant Calcaterra the the tight end who ended up going to, I believe, to your Eagles yeah. in, in the sixth round. Legend. So that's the type of talent he was working with. And I don't and again, I think with a Bryson Green and with a Tim Ray DK and a Skylar Bell and a Braylon Allen and a Ches Malusi and some of the other guys that they have and, and what the talent they have in the offensive line there that's there, but it's no guarantee that that's going to end up being able to produce the same that he was at SMU. And I'm not saying he's going to throw for what you know what he's done these last two years. Um but to me, it comes down to quarterback play. So if they're going to make the college football playoff, it's going to be because their quarterback is different. It's it's largely the position that's held them back from being a playoff team for the last pretty much every year, I think. Some people put that on the offensive line a little bit as well, and I think that's valid. But it comes down to quarterback play for me. 
can Tatter Mordecai even come close to what he's done the last two years? Yeah, there are a lot of right answers to this, and I, I agree with all of it. I think if you put Tanner Mordecai or what we think he'll be, what we've seen through the last couple of years of him at SMU, I think if you put him on the 2017 team, they could have won that Big Ten championship and gone to the playoff. Like, I, I agree with you. I agree with the premise that probably it's been the quarterback more than anything that's held them back when the rest of the roster was there and not the opportunity was not there. Not a chance in hell they lose to Illinois if he's that quarterback that day. In, throwing, throwing ridiculous interceptions like that. In 2019? Yeah. Eh, I mean, hopefully the running back wouldn't have fumbled uh, two possessions earlier. The quarterback, though, horrible throw. Uh, I think it was a great play by the linebacker, speaking of Jack Cohen throwing that Yuck. interception at Illinois. But I I think it goes into... drafted higher, Tanner Mordecai or Jack Cohen? Uh, Tanner Mordecai okay. does. I, I get it. Jack Cohen didn't get drafted. Um, Skylar Thompson looked okay. Cohen's not on the roster. I, I, I get it. I get it. I've conceded Brock Purdy. I made a big stink about Brock Purdy when he was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant. How wrong am I? Wow. Like that dude looks like a stud so like, far. I feel like I don't even need to keep track. You're keeping track of all your misses these days. No, I'm, I'm conceding the Jack Cohn NFL part. I've conceded. Okay. Um, Sorry. But I, didn't, I didn't mean to keep bringing it up. I think it all goes into needing to win multiple ways. Like there will be games and, and this goes into the defense part too. I think a lot of people, and I'll enter spring ball, I think with a lot of people, very interested in the offense and Mordecai and Longo and, you know, high flying, who sticks out a wide receiver, what does that rotation look like? But at the end of the day, you're still, although it's a manageable schedule and it's still the West, you still have to win the, win multiple different ways. Like even Ohio State, with all the talent they have, they needed to grind out a win at Northwestern of all places. And there will be, oper- there will be, times in the season where the offense might not be clicking and you need the defense to go win a game. Like it might happen against an Iowa where their defense is just really good. Or you might be in a shootout against some other high flying team. You need Mordecai to go and the passing offense to win it. Nebraska. Right. Or Purdue, you know, Hudson card, things of that nature Um, or the running game. I, I think it's, I guess the point of this discussion to me is that it's not only just, Oh, what does Phil Longo bring? And what does the offense bring? Either people are assuming the defense is just going to stay at the level it's been with the drastic change of no more Jim Leonard, um, or it's just kind of put off to the side because all the transfers are on offense. But to me, I'm kind of, and this is just speaking from my perspective, I'm almost more interested in the defense and what it looks like because I think I have a bigger question about it. I think I have more faith in Mordecai and Longo and the personnel and maybe even the line with with the a transfer to there and the guys coming back, then I do in how do you replicate Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig's production and how does the unit mesh and what does it look like schematically? But I guess that's just my personal, you know, we, approach. Can, didn't we talk? We talked about this last Thursday, where it's like if Jim Lander was there, I'd feel I feel better. I feel better. I would. I would too, definitely. But I think that's the part of not liking change. That is your personality, um, right? You don't like change. I am probably you're, slower you're, to you're accept. You're anti-change. You're anti-change. You're still hoping for, you still wish the BCS was, was in place. I'm like, hesitant to accept change. And, and yeah, oh, yeah. by is, the way, Kevin Warren came out today. Oh, I've been talking to the Bears for, for months and months and months while I was still making decisions that drastically changed the future of college football. And drastically uh, up the money 
intake at the University of Wisconsin that sure. is allowing everybody to make these moves that uh, they're they're making. I don't know if you noticed that or Listen, not. Listen, I'm not getting any of this money. So, are you? I mean, you kind of are. There's a trickle down effect. A very small, like if I'm at at the base of a very yeah. very slow dripping faucet. Yeah, yeah, but there's still something coming down to you. I guess uh, yeah. you've had plenty enough to talk about the last few months, haven't you? Thank you, Kevin Warren, for that. No, I'm kidding. That's true. Um, no, if, if we kind of talked about last week, if Jim Leonard was here, still here, you would feel a little bit better about it. But there is the interesting aspect of it, like how exactly it's all going to look and how it's going to play out. And but I, 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 to me, I think that's a little bit of your anti-change. Uh, agenda. Uh, oh, that's the wrong word. I don't want to use agenda. Agenda the wrong. Listen, yeah. I'm interested. A- anti anti change. I have no I have no thoughts, positive nor negative, when it comes to what Trestle brings to the defense. I'm just interested in what it's going to be. Yeah. All I know is they've been successful at Cincinnati, and Luke Fickle's been a successful defense coordinator, um, and a successful head coach. And you have to trust that that's going to look right, and you have to trust that. Phil Longo's going to ha- handle his thing. This is very, I mean, I don't want to say it's exactly like it was when Brett Bielma and, and Paul Christ were here, but it kind of is, except I think there's a lot more uh, <laughs> genuine uh, feelings between Luke Fickle and, and Phil Longo as opposed to uh, where you can't come to my side of the building type of stuff that were that was uh, part of the Brett Bielma and Paul Christ when they were working with each other as opposed to coaching against each other. But, yes, um, Defense is going to be interesting, but again, offense. Well, offense is at. offense is where the excitement is. It's not that I'm not interested in the offense. I, that's that's where the real excitement will come from. That's where the headlines will come from, right? All off season, when you go to write a piece or we see some big article grace the Wisconsin football Twitter sphere, I think it'll mostly be on the offensive side. Quarterback look good. Bryson Green's breaking out. Chimray DK looks great. You know, O-line, this is the combination. I don't think as many headlines will be written about the defense. Of course not. Because so. it's not. What, why Why do you think there won't be more headlines? I, I'll, I'll give you the reason. Why. Because people don't care as much. It's not sexy. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put my put myself in other people's shoes. I'm just, where where the interest is for me, I I guess there is drastic like, change on both sides. That's what like, it is. You don't like change and you like to be different. In some ways. God, you're a cliche. I guess. You are what, such what a do you cliche. Mean? I'm going to be so much different than anybody else. I'm going to think something different. I'm going to say something different. No. I'm going to be something different. I'm not going to follow the crowd. No, this is genuine. This is genuine. I will guarantee you the first thing that you do when you start looking at the tweets that come out from spring ball, it's not going to be looking to see, oh, what kind of, what kind of defensive lineman are they looking up? No, it's going to be like, which one of these wide receivers is catching balls? Which one of these quarterbacks is hitting wide receivers and throwing the ball down the field and hitting big plays to my boy Keontez Lewis? That's well, what that is what you're f- going to be looking at. And it's okay to lie to me about it, but like I know you. <laughs> do you think do you think that first tweet that I send out is going to be about the defense? Uh, will do you it, want it to be? I would like it to be. Yeah, guess what? Too bad. <laughs> Maybe Darian Varner comes in and he's uh, second coming at JJ Watt, and he and he hits Tanner Mordecai and breaks his arm and. And everything's uh, done or what? Like No, what, just visually. Like how, oh, how are you even supposed to know that? They can't hit anybody. Right. You said last offseason their outside linebacker group looked like a, another. They had eight starters in the room. They did. But that's defensive line, outside linebacker. That's just bad tackle play, yeah. which is what it turned out to well, be. Well, that's a good spin.
I do think what's interesting. It's spin, it's actually and what it ended up being. I don't know if you noticed they they kicked one of the guys off the team. Uh, Zach, I want to get into <laughs> to the roster and some thoughts on the two deep. But I, one other thought for this: you mentioned Kantes Lewis. I want to put us in the time machine again for a second. Imagine we're what three weeks, four weeks into the season. Big Ten play is beginning. Kantes Lewis has an 150 yard game. You know, some of the defenders are balling out. Uh, young defenders, even guys that are emerging and uh, things like really Darryl, look great. Darryl Peterson, or, right? Yeah, exactly. I, uh, you know, Kurt Neal, people like that. And everyone on Twitter. Oh, look, look at Luke Fickle. Look at the roster he's assembled. This is amazing how we turn the roster over from year to year. We sit back and we say, no, 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 no. Those are, those are Paul Christ players. Those then are guys you, that are over from the Paul Christ regime. And then you, what was it? What's the rest of it? That's why I want Countess Lewis to lead the I team in, do. in receiving. It'd be hilarious. I do you want to put a little, I mean, betting did not go my way this year. No. Um, largely because I was trying to catch you for uh, a stretch. If I had just, man, either way, had a huge lead, gave it up. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, hey, I'm the, uh, well, I'm the chargers. All right. I'm the chargers. You're had like Wisconsin lead. in the 2019 big 10 title. Yeah. Huge lead. Um, I'll bet you right now it will not be a Keontes Lewis. I agree. Okay, like, all right. No, I don't think it's going to be. You just want it to be. No, I think he'll be. Because you want to pe- you want to shove that in people's faces. No, I just think it would be in light of everything that's gone on and the receiver transfers and the quarterback transfers and the scheme change, which I think benefits him greatly. I think it would be hilarious in a good way. It means he had a great year if he is the one that leads them in receiving. I think it'd be objectively funny. Would it also, I mean, would he be even funnier if it was like Miles Burkett throwing on the ball? That would uh, chase Wolf. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. That's a uh, man. Can't wait for spring ball. And handing off to Ches Malusi. Yeah. Chris transfer. Um, I want to get into the depth chart I, before I start just listing all the guys that could end up starting. There's some early thoughts on the two deep kind of assessing where the roster stands. Maybe what needs are still out there. Where else the portal could be. Uh, what else they could grab from the portal to, to help out the team. We'll talk about Bryson Green as well, the transfer from Oklahoma State. Guy that's played for two years. He's had a lot of success. We'll give thoughts on him coming up next. And then, as I mentioned as well, Colin Cowherd, my guy, Colin Cowherd, Zach, he talked about Wisconsin football today, Mm. and he said a sentence that caught me off guard, and I don't have an opinion on it. I want to ask the public and you, Zach, the question uh, relating to what he says. You'll hear that when we come back. There's a lot more to get to tonight. We'll also talk Wisconsin basketball. They play at 730. Tyler Wall is active for the first time in a week, two weeks. Big news for the Badgers. We'll talk about what that means. A lot more to come. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. The Big Ten is about to get really good. Luke Fickle got hired by Wisconsin. They just landed the best quarterback talent they've had in the transfer portal ever. Wisconsin's going to get really good, really quick. That is Colin Cowherd. Quote, uh, Wisconsin is going to get really good, really quick. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Welcome back. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you. Badgers, Penn State coming up in an hour. We'll talk about it about 10, 15 minutes from now. Something else he said in that little 10-second spiel, Zach, was Wisconsin, quote, just got the best Transfer quarterback talent they've ever had. That's weird. Do you, th- do you think he forgot that Russell Wilson played here? I do genuinely. He always talks about how he 
he imagines Russ like a an NC State guy, which is odd. But I do think it brings up a question. I don't know the answer to this because I don't remember the context of Russell Wilson in 2010 before he came to Wisconsin. I don't remember how – obviously it was a big deal, right? He chose Wisconsin over Auburn. It was a guy that had success at a Power 5 level. But I, I'm struggling with the comparison of where Tanner Mordecai ranks right now, just in terms of talent and potential, maybe not what he's done so far, compared to what Wilson ranked then and who is actually the greater or is it close or is it not close? I don't know. Statistically, it's not close. Like statistically, Tanner Mordecai, what Tanner Mordecai has done over the last two years um, is what Russell Wilson did over his first three years at NC State. He threw 76 touchdowns. He threw 26 picks through 8,500 yards. So Russ, like Russ was really like, he was good, but it wasn't the Russ that we saw in 2011 at Wisconsin. He was off the charts efficient. He set the record at the time, set the record for the highest quarterback rating or quarterback efficiency rating in college football history through 33 touchdowns and four interceptions. I mean, he completed 72% of his passes. It was just an insane thing but you have to if you take take a step back from that and just think about him as a physical like a physical player the only thing russell wilson ever lacked has ever lacked is height that's in college save me anything that's happened in the last two years three years no you're right listen he's a he's had a great nfl career i don't want to hold that against him, but you are correct and and he showed like I, I mean he is he has been one of the best quarterback talents yes to come out of college, which then means he was spectacularly good in college as well. Badger fans know that. Big, huge, One of the best in the last 10, 15 years. Huge arm, huge, like great uh, mobility. Like he had pretty much everything you'd want in a quarterback outside of height. And so what Tanner Mordecai coming in, he doesn't necessarily, I'll say this, he doesn't, he doesn't have necessarily the arm, the biggest, as big an arm as Russell. And he's not, I don't think, as fluid of a runner as as Russell now they neither one of them is looking to run first like that's not what they're they're going to do they can and he and Tanner Mordecai had a lot of success you know had success doing that but Russell's a, a little bit better athlete th- than he was um but both of them passers first runner second I just I, I think Russ even coming from NC State the expectations took a huge jump up when he when he came now the fact that Joe Brennan would have been the starter if if not for Russell Wilson probably helps that a little bit but uh when you compared it when you paired it with the rest of Wisconsin's offense it was just a complete absolute perfect fit so maybe and, and sorry one more thing yeah while we all laugh at what Russell Wilson is as a leader and like all the the courtiness that it, that it was high knees on airplanes things of that nature the dude went the dude came in and was voted captain after three weeks at Wisconsin say what you want about him being corny and all that he was a good leader at Wisconsin so there he had pretty much everything you'd want as a quarterback coming here physically gifted mentally gifted tan like leadership he had it all outside of the fact that he's 5'11 right the the case for Mordecai would just be the stats but I think the context around the stats is different inherently uh, and not to, I, I don't remember what Wilson played with in NC State, but uh, doing whatever at SMU could be different than NC State. But I think the the point is here, 
at, I mean, if Mordecai even com- comes close to approaching what Wilson did, it'll be one of the biggest successes, especially after what's been a decade of or a decade plus of overall lackluster play. If he could even sniff the the area, the aura that Wilson was in statistically at Wisconsin, as a you know a, a prospect that he is highly touted. Like we are talking about him as a as a difference maker, as a game changer. Yeah, like if he can come in and even get close to that area. Putting aside what Coward said, whether he forgot Wilson went to Wisconsin or not, um, I, I mean that is what you would define a success as. I just think the comparison's interesting because I mean these are the, he just totally forgot. Yes, there's no way like you can't sit there and say, eh, I don't know. I guess the transfer portal back like if if Russell Wilson had gone to the transfer portal back then, he would especially with the success. Like say if Russell Wilson went to the transfer portal now, right? Like what he had done at NC State goes in the transfer portal. It would have been off the charts how many teams would have wanted him. The height wouldn't have mattered. What Bryce Young did at Alabama, what we've seen from some of the smaller quarterbacks do, they would have been all over him in a second. He, he kind of was Bryce Young before Bryce Young in at a Wisconsin, lot of ways. At Wisconsin, he definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think the comparison's interesting because I don't know. I I couldn't really place contextually where the not where the differences were, but maybe how far apart they really are before they got in the door. Here's the thing I'll say about it, and this probably says speaks more to about me than anything. I remember where I was when Russell Wilson committed. He did it on College Football Live. Back in the day when that actually was something. Where was I? I remember where I was when Tanner Mordecai committed. <laughs> I was in my apartment. Uh, we had just got done with our show. Right. Oh, it was a Thursday night. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of forgot. I was, I was well into a... I was well into a regular Thursday night of drinking myself in, in into a bowl, and uh, all, oh, of a yes. had to, all of a sudden had to tamp down and, and go to bed so I could come on here and do a show in the morning. That was electric. The, the podcast of that's up, if you're interested. <laughs> uh, Zach, before we get to basketball, Wisconsin lands Bryson Green, transfer wide receiver, Oklahoma State. He did not play in the bowl game against the Badgers. Two years left. 584 yards last year, five touchdowns last season. Wisconsin now has, on three, has them as the fourth highest-ranked transfer class overall. Just It's a class that clearly is one of the more impressive in the country when you look at maybe the top of it, definitely, with a, a guy like Mordecai and now C.J. Williams and Evers and Locke and all that. But Bryson Green comes in different than Williams because he's done it. He was at Oklahoma State last year. He had a pretty good season. Uh, he... Seems pretty big. Seems like he can catch in traffic, as some highlights have shown. You're really tamping down how you actually feel about this, aren't you? Because he was, his highlights are impressive. They're really impressive. And yeah. it's exciting. I would go back through the whole CJ Williams thing. Like everything I said about Williams from Thursday, which is up as a podcast if you missed it, about how that's how the, the offense changed. That's how the Phil Longo thing works, is if you get guys like this. Uh, everything I said holds true for Bryson Green. Bryson Green's better now than he was coming out of high school in terms, like, in, in my opinion, of, like, him as a recruit. He's outperformed what his ranking was. Yes. I would agree with that. Yeah, and the way, I mean, he was he was their leading guy touchdown-wise, but some of the catches he made, the, the, the touchdown against Texas that ended up being the game-winning touchdown, breaks away from two different guys, like, catches the ball on a slant, breaks, breaks the tackle, takes off running to touchdown. He mossed the guy... In a, uh, maybe it was the Texas Tech game. I don't know. He is, uh, he is a fantastic talent. And I think especially he's going to be good in the red zone. 
But I also like that because there were in Tanner Mordecai's highlights, and I I think I've said, I think may have said this before, a lot of fifty fifty balls, a lot of guys making plays for him, and he had some talented guys at SMU to, to make plays for him. Bryson Green, I feel like, is one of those guys who could be able to make play for him, and I think Wisconsin has some of those guys. They ne- don't necessarily haven't necessarily been forced to uh, make all those plays, but I. In thinking about a two deep where you have three starting wide receivers, I couldn't keep Bryson Green out of it. Even though they bring back all their all their pass catchers from last year. My gut right now says Green, in no order, Green, DK, Bell. Yes. With Williams and Lewis also there. And as we have discussed, Longo likes to rotate them. So maybe the snap distribution isn't that different. But if we had to go the top three, who leads them in receiving yards this season? If you had to guess. I want to say green, but I I don't. I mean, if I, if of those five. In general, receiving Mm -hmm. yards. Yards per catch, I'd probably say Keontas Lewis. But yards overall. Touchdowns, mm. I might go green. I think I might go DK still for yards. But again, here's the thing. None of the court. Well, Chase, we'll see. Chase will. But there's no, like. Graham Mertz, his guy, was Tim Ray DK. So, like, you knew that that ball, like, that was going to be the guy who was going to catch the most passes. Tanner Mordecai does not have that guy right now that we know of. It's gonna He's going to have an opportunity over these next two months to throw of him, and we'll see what happens, looks like in spring. But until I know that, it's it's hard to say on the yards. But, yeah, DK is, a poss- is certainly up there, and Lewis may be up there, but it's tough to say, not to say green just because he's the one that's done it. Him and DK have both done it. And done it at a high level. Yeah, I just think DK is really good. I think DK is underrated. Yeah, and yeah. and can flourish. I mean, again, we talk about space, athletes in space. Maybe DK wasn't able to show as much as he can in the old offense. Oh, maybe. For, oh, it's, there's no doubt about that. You just listen to to Phil Longer talk about when I suggested that uh, they haven't recruited the best wide receivers they could possibly do here. And do you think you could recruit at a high level? And he was like. Uh, I think we actually have some pretty good wide receivers here. They just haven't been asked to do what we're going to ask them to do. You get what you emphasize, and they emphasize something else, and we emphasize this, and you're going to see guys make plays. There are some talented uh, wide receivers in that room, and I I don't disagree. I'm just, my, my point at the time was they didn't necessarily have the highest recruiting ranking. Again, that doesn't necessarily matter, but if you're going to be the type of offense that they were at North Carolina when they are bringing in four-star guys – you kind of need to bring in four-star guys. Yeah, with with a lot of NFL dudes in a lot of places. Speaking of bringing in guys, a couple minutes before we hit some basketball thoughts and kind of preview the game tonight also, uh, maybe take, a, take another poll, see where we're at after a couple more losses. Bringing in guys, the football program, what's left for Fickle? When you look at the roster, not to go position by position, but which on of the two deep maybe which positions do you think are still a little thin before we do that i need to apologize to skylar bell because i feel like he's getting left out of a lot of things 30 catches 444 yards five touchdowns last year those numbers aren't that far off from what bryson green did right so a lot of talent i think there's talent and there's gonna be enough passes there are a lot of options i'm excited we're not gonna know this until maybe halfway through this season but how they rotate them all because they can all play. I mean, they, they can go six deep, five, six deep now, which is great. Yeah. And then they have a whole bunch of other guys, young guys, that they brought in too, you know, with Will Pauling and uh, Quincy Burroughs. And we'll see if Marcus Allen's still around. And then um, 
Hmm. You know, some of the freshmen, Vinny Anthony and Chris Brooks Jr. And on down the line, Tommy McIntosh. Chris Brooks, right. Oh, yeah, you remember him? The winner of bowl prep. Yes. Uh, Where do they need? Defensive line. They, I mean, they're looking, they're still obviously trying to do that, not the transfer portal, but they're trying to do that uh, right now with Jamel Howard and seeing if they can somehow rally him back into this class. It's a, it would be, it's, it's a significant ad. They, and they, they've been going after him hard. I know obviously Greg Scruggs, the defense line coach was down there when they did their Chicago blitz. And uh, certainly when um, I think uh, Luke Fickle has, has stopped in there as well. So that's defensive line stands out probably more so than anything and tight end. But I don't Those know. Are the, I don't know if they're going to add either one of them. Those are two of the three. Maybe the answer is not portal. Maybe it's just when we go into next year, that could maybe be a weakness yeah. that, that we'll go back to if it, if it ends up costing them. Trenches, defensive trenches especially. That was the one for me. You look at programs like USC, you mentioned earlier. Maybe where did they fall short in Riley's first year? That could have been one of the spots. That's something you, you have to build up with time. Uh Oftentimes, when you inherit a roster like Wisconsin has, like they have dudes up there, but you need definitely more, definitely long-term uh, more to build the depth there. It, it, Tight end, I agree. And then an Aussie punter. Oh, stop it. A punter in general. Why do they even need a punter? Based, based on your tweet, you said, how, how's anybody going to stop this offense? Yeah, as punting. We, as, as we sit here in January, how's anybody going to stop this offense? Well, don't need a punter if they're gonna, if no one's going to stop them. Yeah, you're right. Punting is losing, but I still want them to get an Aussie punter because maybe I, maybe you get yourself in a rock fight with Ohio State where they can't move a, forward. A rock fight with Ohio State. Yeah, you need you need a punter to, okay. to flip the field. Wouldn't that be the day? Maybe Fickle should bring a billboard to Australia. You know, he's in Chicago. He's at, around Wisconsin. Throw throw a billboard outside the Aussie Punting Academy. Say who's next. It's a picture of Fickle. Uh, the punter from last year. Vujinovic totally left my brain for a second. And the other legendary punters in Wisconsin football history say, who's next? And then you get one of the guys to come out. You're like, oh, that seems like a great place to be. I, and then the rest is history. You find yourself in a rock fight with the Buckeyes in the Big Ten title. And, and that's how you win. So God, that, that rock fight in 2017 seems so long ago. Right. <laughs> it does. Uh, yes, that's my blueprint. That might have been. Oh, you mean in the title game in 2017? Yes. Yeah. Um, they not yeah, not they the overtime game previously. That was that was 2016. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking of first. All right. Uh, we got to talk basketball. Sorry. I, I know football dominates it all, and it's exciting. We have to spend a couple minutes on the basketball program. There's a game. If you're driving to the game, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy the uniforms. Tyler Wall is back. We'll talk about what it all means and where the concern still lies a three-game losing streak for the Badgers. We'll talk about it next. It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Welcome back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. The Badgers and Penn State, 40 minutes from right now. Wisconsin now 11 and 5. They are out of the top 25, which means when I open ESPN, it is now hard to find their games. So thank you. Start winning again. Penn State's 12 and 5. The Badgers three and a half point favorites. Tyler Wall is active for the first time since he got hurt in the Minnesota game. Three straight losses, though, Zach. They got kind of blown out against Indiana this weekend, 63 to 45. 
that after the Michigan State game, which was after the Illinois game, concern levels, even though Wall is coming back now, is there any concern? Do you think they just find their form from before they started losing? I know, back? I, I know there are some that be like, even with Tyler Wall, they aren't winning those three games, and I probably don't disagree about mm, the road ones. The road ones? Illinois and Indiana. Yeah. I call, I saw you You called them damn good teams. Yeah. Illinois kind of gotten on a hot streak since they beat Wisconsin. And I, they're now four and three. Indiana. I mean, both those teams, when they played, like it, Illinois was 0-3 in the Big Ten play. Indiana was 1-4. and four. I think Indiana's good. I okay. know they're losing, but right. like I, maybe they're Nebraska. They got some talent. They got some talent. Either way. Nebraska it's, football. It's irrelevant. Is. It's irrelevant. Uh, I think they definitely beat Michigan State. The other two games, probably not. I'd like to see what it looks like against Penn State. They struggled. They've struggled against Penn State at times, uh, especially uh, last few years. So what does it look like with them back home? Can they regroup? Can they bounce back? They haven't lost four straight since 2018. So uh, if they were to fall in this one, I will never panic about a basketball. I, I won't use that term because I don't care. Um, but like concern level, concern level would start to rise, would start to rise. Four straight and the Big Ten on any given night at this point, you can lose. We've seen that with Purdue uh, playing some of the close games with some of the teams lower in the division and obviously losing Rutgers, who is a top 25 team. Obviously, I'm not saying they're a bad team by any stretch. There's just a lot of good teams. I don't. There's not a ton of great teams, but every night's going to be an, an absolute battle. And so, if you keep on losing some games, then all of a sudden, you know that lo- that loss against Kansas pops up. It's like you don't have that on your resume, and maybe at some point down the line, you're starting to get concerned about your resume. Yeah, my concern level with Wall coming panic, back, panic level. It is clear. Sorry, panic level. Clearly, with Wall back, I if if he would have been out again, it, it skyrocketing. Because their defense has really suffered overall. They played okay against Indiana, but against Michigan State, defense kind of lost them the game. Uh, and against Indiana, they just could not find any offense to keep up with them. With Wall back, I, I think it's still kind of low. But listen, the opponents are getting harder. You're in the middle of Big Ten play. This is a team that was scraping by somewhat uh, to win a lot of games impressively, but they weren't uh, like they were impressive wins in that they were winning but they weren't impressive in that they were winning comfortably. Yeah, they welcome were, to Wisconsin basketball for the last two years. Right, but especially so, and they rose up to, what, 14 in the AP poll. Places like Ken Palm still had them, what, 40, 50, I think. Like, they're good. Analytically, don't like, they're not, people don't like them analytically. Um, and so, by that, I mean the computers don't like them. So, so with Wall back, I, we'll see. We'll see how tonight goes. If they can string a couple wins together, then all is good. But I think an important point, as we're at a couple minutes before we're out of here, I clearly draw a line between concern level for the rest of this season with this team that we had low expectations for and has been dealing with an injury to their most important player. I draw the line between that and concern level for where the program stands. There are always the people that don't like guard. There are always the people that come out when they start losing. But since the fickle thing happened and they bring in the recruiting, everyone looks at the football program overhaul and thinks, oh, why, why can't basketball do that? It's working so amazing. It's like... I mean, can we just relax? They lost three games without their most important player. So when I say I am somewhat uh, panic, if I were to panic about the rest of this season, that is not a future of the program panic. That is just this team, you know, the margins are slim. If they start to lose games, then like there reaches a point where 
with the team Wisconsin has, you might not be able to go beat Purdue. And, and that might be the case. And then I'll live with it. We'll go to next year. The recruiting looks pretty good. Got to get portal ads and all that. Here's one uh, thing that I do hope uh, for Wisconsin's sake happened while Tyler Wall was out. And that was he found a shot inside and around the paint um, where he was so good last year. And he has been rather rough so far this year. Maybe that the maybe maybe the ankle injury helped his touch yeah. around the basket. Hey, it's a I, I mean, what when I, I mean, I, I've shattered my kneecap before during that time. I, I probably got pretty good at things that involved my arms sporting wise. You can tell. Um, no, I, like they didn't get large, but I, I, there's like a mini find. I would shoot a lot of mini hoop. So you got, you got some defined definition. I, I would get the feel of okay. shooting. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I do definitely hope that hope that happens for me. It's a, it's a pace thing. Like when he's on the court and it really happened against Illinois where the pay, it just sped up too much there because there hasn't been enough, I guess, winning from the guard spot at times. I feel like if I were to put the basketball analyst hat on, the game speeds up too much for Wisconsin's liking, and the way to slow it down are post touches for Crowell, where when he's out, the off- you don't really have a consistent offense except for Hepburn, and then obviously Wall. Like those, those are the two guys. You give them the ball, the game slows down, they're good at defense. That's how you win. So they need him back. What I also think, like they're doubling, they're doubling Crowell, right? Uh, are they also going to double Tyler Wall on the post? Uh, at times last year, they had to do it. What does that open up? Opens up shots from the outside. For a guy like Connor Seijin and a guy like Chucky Hepburn, who we know are good three-point shooters. Definitely. Yep, and they got to hit him. Uh, We will close it when we return. Some thoughts on whether Wisconsin covers tonight. That's coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. We are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Out of here in about 20 seconds, Zach, does Wisconsin cover tonight? Three and a half points. No. Um, I will say they do. <laughs> I'll have some confidence in Tyler Wall and his return. Uh, listen, enjoy the game. Black alternates. Yes, uh, the jerseys are back. We podcast will be up soon. We will be live Thursday, Monks and Sun Prairie. We'll talk to you then. See ya.